everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Edric Show. I'm your host, Edric Jerome. Thank you for tuning in to our YouTube channel. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button as we build this thing from the ground up. You can catch us on uh, Instagram at Edric Show and also on Facebook at The Edric Show. And a very special guest today, uh, somebody I've been doing my research on and just a really, really interesting and talented guy. Melvin Adams is a much sought after motivational speaker. He's spoken to more than 3 million young people during the past 20 years. His engaging style and uh, compelling biography has allowed him to connect with young people and give them a hopeful message and empowering message for the future. Through faith and hard work, Melvin was able to overcome a challenging upbringing in his native Houston, Texas, and he used basketball to become a two-time NCAA All-American at San Jose Christian College. Melvin went on to play for the historic Harlem Globetrotters and ascended to the role of team captain for that legendary franchise. I am honored to welcome Melvin Adams to the Edric Show. Melvin, how you doing, man? Uh, man, I'm just trying to be like you, Edric, man. I'm so proud and honored to be on your show, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate the love, man. So uh, let's let's get into it. Um, you're very open and honest uh, about your tough family situation growing up in Houston. Tell us about that and uh, how were you able to overcome some of the challenges you face, especially with drama, you know, like family drama, man? Yeah, I believe that, you know, your family is a direct result of how you see life, how you how you look at your future, how you feel about yourself. Uh, me being a mama's boy, uh, my whole life was trying to please my mom. And I think no parent gets got this stuff all right. I mean, nobody we get into it and we, we learn it on the job, but hurt people, hurt people and heal people, mm -hmm. heal people. So my mom was a man. She was a loving, hardworking woman. But it was it was kind of hard for her to be like uh, encouraging because she had a lot of hurt. So, you know, my dad was abusive, but he was, wasn't around. So there was a lot of, and then growing up, you know, in poverty, but with this dream. And so it was just this, 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 this desire, man, to, if I could just score more points, make more money, my mom would love me. And I think a lot of kids or people in general, when you often ask the question, why do we do what we do? There's always some underlying, uh, you know, uh, people pleasing or workaholic or, you know, because we're trying to get that, those, just those words, and I'm proud of you. You're doing a good job, and, and, and you know, you, you belong to something. Man, I tell you, because it's, it's overcoming not just, uh, you know, the physical nature of poverty and things like that, but it's the emotional and the, oh, yeah. the spiritual and, and the constantly trying to find something to build yourself up, man. So, uh, obviously, basketball came into your life at some point. So, yeah. when did you realize, okay, uh, I got these basketball skills this is my ticket. This is my ability. This is my means to maybe improve my situation. Well, man, you know, what's funny. I, I played football. My uncle played with the Oilers before they were the Texans. So football okay. came real, real easy for me. Uh, I was always fast, you know, like uh, everybody thought, Hey man, he's going to make me football. Uh, my brother uh, uh, was older and he loved basketball. So I remember reading his journal and he said that he wanted to play professionally. Of course he had migraine headaches. So I loved my brother. So his dream became my dream. So I started, playing basketball. So football was easy. Basketball was hard. So I quit what was easy to go. Play. It was hard. And I think that's a good message in life that you, you, you got to stop being comfortable. You know, if you're comfortable, then you're never going to grow. You got to be able to do things that's going to stretch you. It's going to maybe get you upset. You're not, you're not going to like what you're doing, but that's, what's going to make you not just a great in, in a sport, but in life. And I think from that moment, I just became a, a workaholic man, work, work, work. My high school principal, uh, used to come to school and I was a hurting kid. You know, she would tell me I was awesome. Uh, I didn't even know what those words meant. 
Uh, I thought she was using big words to make me look stupid. She said I was amazing. You know, she gave me my first birthday party, and I went from making all Fs to being on the honor roll to being the, the first one to graduate from college in my family at that time. Uh, my college, my high school coach, he drove me to one of like a, a real rich area in Houston, and I remember him taking me out of my environment and showing me something that that I could uh, achieve. And uh, of course, you can't do that now. Teachers would go to jail. You know what I mean? But <laughs> right. he did that. You know, and so he, you know, and so. It was just people like that, man. And I realized that the, the gift and I just started practicing, practicing. So we was never went to my high school prom, you know, uh, kissed a girl like my junior in college. Like everything was hoop. I had to make because I'm five, eight. So I wasn't, you know, six, six. I didn't have all the physical ability. So I had to outwork you. So when you were asleep, I was working. Uh, when you woke up, I was working. And that's again, that sounds good on the on the success side. But really, it was a little boy who just wanted his mom to say she loved him. That's wow. really the reality of it. Wow, that's powerful. So, San Jose Christian College, man, you get there and uh, suddenly, all American, man. So, so yeah. tell us about that journey and uh, when it's like you, you looked oh, up. So it's like, I go, let me I ball out a... up here, man. Let me do this. Yeah. Well, see, <laughs> I got my first scholarship was to a school called Hill Junior College, okay. and it, it was so flat you could see your dog run away for two weeks. So, <laughs> so we get there, and the coach name was Coach Roberts. He sat me down at the end of the year, and he looked at me in the face. He said. He said, you'll never play college basketball. He said, you're too little. And if you do play, they're going to call you windshield wiper because they're going to swatch your shot. Mm. And I don't know if he had been drinking Haterade or graduated from Hater High School, you know, but, but that inside motivated me more. I was already motivated. So my high school coach was connected with a lot of people. So I go over to Europe and I play with you know, Christian Layton, Alonzo Morning, Billy Owens, and coach named Mel Hankerson, who coached B.J. Armstrong, who played with Michael Jordan. With the Bulls, right, uh, right. With the Bulls. So he ended up taking a job at a school called the Masters College in L.A. in San Fernando Valley. So he calls me when I get home and says, hey, man, I saw you play. I got a full scholarship. You're going to be my starting point guard. And of course, every kid in Texas wants to go to California. You know, the gas prices were so high in L.A., the Crips and the Bloods were riding together. But <laughs> I wanted to go to California. So I'm so excited, man. I'm pumped up. I fly to California. I'm seeing all the beaches. This, this is amazing. And um, my grades was bad. And so uh, I was like, man, another year. I got red-shirted my first year, red-shirted my second year. And I was kind of discouraged. I was down. There was no Edric, Edric show to, to watch and motivate you at that time. But now it is. So if you ever need motivation, listen to the Edric show. Right on, and so I was just hurt, man. And so I'm walking through campus. My assistant coach said, hey, man, there's a, there's a coach at San Jose. They're taking a team to Argentina and they need a point guard. So I called the coach up and the coach was he, he figured that I didn't want to go to that school because the school that I was at was ranked in the top 10. And their school was like in the Rosa Park section in the back of the bus. You know what right. I mean? They was like, they was horrible. And, uh, and so I was like, yeah, coach, I'd love to talk about that. And of course he laughed because he didn't think that I would leave such a big program to go to a smaller one. So I go to Argentina, meet the coach, man, amazing coach. He was a great guy. And ended up going to the school. You know, they had won like five games in five years. They were like the, the number one ranked team in the nation. If you read the newspaper upside down. <laughs> and uh, so I get to the school and of course, you know, we, we end up winning the national championship. Uh, my junior year comes, uh, but we got a bunch of freshmen, but they were watching me, watching my work ethic. We was okay that year, but my senior year, their sophomore year, we won the national championship again. And th but the cool part is when I graduated, those sophomores that became juniors won two national championships after I left. Mm -hmm. And my thing is, what type of legacy will you leave? Like, you know, your children would, would take the Edric show to a whole nother level. You know what I mean? Like, it's mm -hmm. crazy how our kids, uh, like, make our our dream becomes like their dream it's, it's just it's weird it was 
That was kind of deep, Eric. I didn't think about that. <laughs> no, man. You you know, your story, like I say, it's just it's it's typical, but it's unique because not only were you able to parlay your basketball success and your basketball skills to a four-year university and graduate, but man, uh Harlem Globe Trotters. But hold on, before we do that, put a pin in that. Let me come back to that. Quick aside, uh California, you know, we have this law now where collegiate athletes can market themselves and actually make money now. So as someone who was a college athlete at an elite level, what's your take on that? Where athletes now being able to maybe get a little bit of the pie, man. Well, you know, man, what I see is that they're making so much money off these kids. I mean, you know, you, we, I think we don't have no idea of how much, and I went to a smaller school. And so when we won the national championship, you know, they got a lot of money uh, because, you know, we went in the championship. So these kids, they're, they're marketing these kids. Um, they're marking the program, but right. but the, the kids come because they obviously they want to make it to the NFL or NBA or Major League Baseball, and I think I think that I think that's awesome, man. I think it's a it's a great idea. I, I think you know when you get a kid that you know you have to teach like money management mm-hmm. because you'll get a kid like who meet like me and where I came from, I wouldn't have known what to do with that. I would have, you know, who knows? So you have to have some kind of accountability some kind of somebody in your, you know, but typically they don't have time to do that. Mm-hmm. But I think if I'd have been playing out, man, I would, I would have told that up just marketing. <laughs> oh man. Tell it up. Man, it's all going too. So yeah, that's, a, I think it's a good thing. I, and I, I think your point is, you know, even with, even with kids who aren't athletes in the schools, basic financial literacy, what's a savings account, what's a this, what's a that. I think that's sorely needed, man. And it's up to us. Like you said, our parents, my parents taught me, I teach, you know, taught my girls about, Hey, you know, you got to understand finances. You got to understand net. You got to understand taxes, right? You, if you don't understand that, then you can make a lot of mistakes. So, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm glad these kids are able to, t- t- quote unquote, cash in, and uh, you know, hopefully, they'll be able to help their families down the road and and be able to take some of their talents and uh, and improve their uplink, uplifting. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, done with college, whatever. How did you get to the Globetrotters? And I'm a I'm a Globetrotter fan. Like I told you before we came on, man, Globetrotters you know, one of the most story franchises in the world, not just in the United States, global brand ambassadors, just history. Bob Gibson played for the globe. I mean, you know, all this, this legacy. So how did a kid from Houston, Texas get to not only be a member of the Harlem Globetrotters, but also became a team captain. Tell us about that process. Man, what was funny was because I led the nation in scoring in California, uh, that brought a lot of publicity being in California. Mm. And I went over to New Zealand and played over in Poland and, and Argentina and Africa. And I remember coming home and um, I was, uh, you know, just playing at this event called the Fondi here in Houston. This is where all the NBA players played. So I went there one day and I, I'm dribbling, right? And, and the guy knocked me down and I'm on the ground, but I'm still dribbling. And I get back up, you know, kind of go between the leg, kind of like an Edric move back in 87. <laughs> right. And uh <laughs> And I tell people, you never know who's watching you. You never know um, who's there. And so the Globe Travelers coach was actually there that day. <coughs> and he saw me. So he invites me to uh, a neighboring YMCA. And he asked me, have they ever played baseball? I'm like, yeah. He said, well, can you dribble and slide? And like, I don't know if any of Kyrie, Kyrie pats the ball. He's a real good. So I was real good at patting. So he gives me the gives me the uh, the pads. I do the slide, and we did it for about three days. And the next, the, I think the fourth day that I came, he had a ticket for me to go to Orlando. Hmm. So I fly to Orlando, Florida, which is where our training camp was, Wild World of Sports. And you know, when I was ten years old, I went to a Globe Trotter game, and Curly Neal 
came and shook my hand and, and, and rubbed my head. And that impacted me so much that I ended up becoming a new curse. Mm-hmm. So it's amazing. Like even to athletes, you, you don't realize the power you have in inspiring. Uh, whatever, you don't have to be sports. It could be anything. You can inspire people. Uh, you're, you're a teacher, you know, you're a doctor, you're a radio host, whatever. You, you can inspire people, make, make, make the world a better place. Yeah, Curly Neal, man. I, like you, uh, I was a kid. My parents took me to see the Globe Trial. I got to shake his hand too. Uh, but, you know, Curly Neal, Metalark Lemon, all of these, these just legendary players. So, what was it like, man, when you put on that iconic uniform for the first uh, time, man? Uh, man, it was, you know, I'm a really emotional guy. Uh, I remember, Edric, I remember the first day. Uh, it, was our, it was actually our first game. It was Wild World of Sports. I could remember it like I could see your face. And I put the uniform on. And I'm looking in the mirror. There was a six nine kid. Uh, he played at some D one school, and I started crying. And he's like, "Man, why are you crying, man? You all soft like that." And I said, uh, "I said, man, uh, it took a lot of hard work to get here." He said, uh, "He said, me too." I said, "Man, you six nine. Like, man, you know, the coach walk into a room, they gonna see you. I'm five foot eight with high heels on. You know, they ain't gonna see me." So it was, it was all of the, all of that pain, like talking about from getting red shirted to to the coach saying you're not good enough, to, to all those turnovers, to people. You know what I mean? It was all of those. It was all of those things. And it was crazy because I remember like 20 years after I had retired, I, I came back to speak to the top athletes in Texas. And it was Coach K from, 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 from Duke and Coach Calipari from Kentucky and all of these big name coaches and Coach Roberts the, that from Hill Junior College School. I told you that coach, mm-hmm. he was there. And I remember walking up to him. He, he had no idea who I was. And I said, hey, Coach, you probably don't remember me, but 20 years ago, you told me something that changed my life. And he says, hey, man, it's all about motivating the kids. So I go in the back. Prior to this was the same guy who told me I was too little, never right. played. Too so I'm in the back. They introduced me to the stage, and I come out, and I said, first of all, I want to thank Coach Roberts, who 20 years ago, who said I never played college basketball, told me I was too little, told me if I did play, he called me windshield wiper. And I want to thank you, because if it wasn't for you, I never would have worked as hard as I did. So to put the uniform on, and I didn't even know how famous the Globe Chatters were. Like, man, I mean, it was like everywhere we went was like the Beatles. Yeah. I mean, people just flock. And so to be a part of such a, a presti- prestigious organization and being able to travel all around the world was like, uh, it was just life changing. Hmm. You know, people, you know, sports fans know it, but people don't realize you, you can't be a scrub and be a Globe Trotter, man. Yeah, no, no. You, you, you got, got to, these are elite basketball players who who most of them could play in the nba they could play top level colleges so the skill level that it takes because you're not just playing ball it's actually a, a different skill set on the basketball court with the 40 foot shots and the dribbling it so talk to us about the skill set you needed to develop once you became a globe charter yeah so so not only do you have to be able to play but you have to have personality because globe charters are more than just basketball players we're ambassadors so we have to be able to talk on the radio on media uh get the message across of you know unity and bringing people together you know the whole history of the globetrotters and i think that one thing i used to always say is being uh mr globetrotter i used to say that you'll never see the globetrotters on tv bragging about how much money we make but we promise to give dollar smiles every night mm-hmm. and i think that uh one of my skills is obviously i could dribble and then the personality, because I tell people, kids, you know, sometimes they, they only think that I got to make it to the NBA. I'm like, man, you can go overseas and make good money overseas. You know what I mean? About the same amount, sometimes even more than you would probably make in the NBA. And so the, 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 the Globetrotters, uh, 
you know, like I said, you, we had great we had guys that came that could jump out the gym that was like, man, I mean, NBA bound, they either had bad attitudes, and that just doesn't fit with the Globe Challenge. So with the Globe Challenge, you have to be a great athlete, but you have to be a great person of great character. And not all the guys can speak, but they have great personalities. So I, I, I wish that all sports was like, like that. Like we would look for character sometimes over ability, you know, so we won't hear a lot of the, you know, the things that we hear, like the abuse, the abuse and the, and the drugs, you know, we can we tend to go with character over, over the ability. Ability is important. I'm not saying that, but absolutely the character. Absolutely. So Trotter career starts winding down. Like I said, you're captain, you're, you know, ambassador, um, your globe charter career ends, and now you make another transition, man. So tell us about the transition and and what was the journey like going from globe trotter international stardom to motivational speaker, where you're imparting everything that you've learned to these kids and people to try to motivate them. You know, prior to me getting with the globe charters, I had been traveling speaking. I wasn't traveling like as much as I was after the trotters, but I was. You know, had been in Texas and been a couple of places. And so when we would go to a lot of these games, uh, man, I think the, the organization uh, did their study about me as an athlete, but they didn't do the study about me as a speaker. Because there were many games we would go to <coughs> that, man, there were so many people there, like, with cards saying, you know, Melvin, love, you know, stuff like that. So the coach is like, how do these people know you? And I said, well, you know, I, I came and spoke in their town. So it was kind of the Globe Child has kind of put it on a bigger scale. Um, and I think after I had uh, retired from the Trotters, man, the doors, because just like you, you're talking about everybody loves the Globe Child. Everybody that you meet, every principal, every corporation, every corporate president had some kind of experience with the Harlem Globe Trotters. And that's the key that really opens up the doors to all of these opportunities to speak. And it all started off kind of doing some elementary schools and then then that took off and we started doing middle schools and then high schools and corporations and now because of the pandemic I mean a lot of hospitals they need people to come in and make them laugh and encourage them I'm being kind of uh, conservative with you but like I do a lot of comedy so you know I mean so it's like especially at this time we're so divided uh more than ever uh the need to come out and and, and motivate and inspire people that that people have lost jobs people have uh, People are struggling. Uh, it's the perfect time to to just motivate, make people smile, let them know that everything's gonna be okay. And you know, yeah, for real. Um, I talked earlier, and we talked about you. You you really you know spoke to a lot of teens and young people over the years. So uh, the kids today, man, they're not the same kids 10, 15 years ago. They're not our generation. So how have you been able to adjust your message to connect with these kids today, who have so many more different means of influence and you know, how, how have you kept your message fresh, man? Well, one of the things I tell people, even as an athlete, when I came into San Jose, um, I'm, I watch people and I watch strengths and I watch your weaknesses. And, and if typically if you put me on a horrible team, you give me a while and we'll make that team great. And it's, it's understanding you got you to gotta study, like you said, study this generation. So I started watching the movies. I started listening to their music. Um, yeah, at that time, my, my kids were watching Spongebob, Thomas the Train. And so I was just watching it all the time because they was watching it. So I would right. go to these schools and, man, to say these little names, and these kids would just crack up. Yeah. So it's, it's, I feel like sometimes, man, if I'm 50, but I feel like 
I understand the older generation, but I also understand the younger generation. And I'm kind of a mediator between those two to help both sides kind of understand each other. Because like you said, this generation is, is, is a whole YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, uh, Facebook, uh, you know, uh, the whole whole Twitter deal. So <clears throat> you have to be so good. I've, I've studied my craft, just like in basketball. I worked, I worked. So I, same thing, I studied in my craft. And then, you know, once you got that, it just it just took off. And it's just, like I said, it's about relating um, and being real and being honest. I think so many speakers get up and just, and, you know, you talk about success, but you got to talk about where you came from, too, because most people are, are there. So they can't really connect with that success. They want to know, like, uh, man, I, so I'm kind of real brutally honest, but I use comedy to talk about my childhood. And uh, and then of course I in, in, in uh, you put basketball tricks in there, and uh, and so of course it's just a whole big comedy show. And then about, I would say about the first thirty minutes is just comedy, and then the last twenty minutes I kind of once I start telling them my real story, they're blown away because they're like, man, why are you so energetic and you came from that type of environment? Mm-hmm. So I used it to say that it doesn't matter where you come from; what matters is where you're going. So wow, well, like I said, I, I admire you, man, because. You've taken your platform and, and you're putting good and spreading hope and love in the world, which is sorely needed. Um, got a couple minutes left. So I'm, I'm going to shift the gears a little bit right now again and go back to something I saw on the Internet and do my research. And I'm, 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 you, you can't always trust what you see on the Internet. So I want to make sure it's yeah. cool. But yeah. Did I see a video of you and a young Steph Curry in a gym practicing yeah. years like 2010, something like that? And, so, and the so- reason... The, the reason that's so important to me is because I've had a lot of conversations in my barbershop and on Facebook uh-huh. that to me, Steph Curry brought globetrotter like skills to the NBA yeah. and, 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 and used it to win. I mean, 45 yeah. footers. So when you were able to practice with him and, and, and what you're seeing with Steph Curry now, tell us about, about that, that, what that was like. Man. So, so that was cool. I think that was his, <clears throat> I think that was his second year in the league. He was, he, he got injured. Okay. He was injured or something. I think it may have been his second or third year in the league, something like that. Uh, it it might have been something because those times are, but I know he was with the Warriors. Okay. And his brother, Seth, Seth. Curry, mm-hmm. was, so they had a, uh, they have this all-star game. It's, it's North, South, North Carolina against South Carolina. And I was like the uh, coach for uh, Seth, uh, Seth's team. Okay. So we're coaching, whatever, and so I'm, I'm look, I look up in the stands and I see Steph Curry and you know and, and, and uh, Dale Curry and his mom, and, and so at halftime they had me speak and I was doing some tricks and so I, I saw him in the stands and I brought him out. Amazing guy, man. I mean, so uh, so humble, uh, uh, you know, awesome family, um, and I think that's why he's so successful because I think he has his head on right. He, he came from humble beginnings, and I even share that story. Had no, he had no college offers his senior high school. None. That we're talking about, we're talking about MVP guy right. who just broke a three-point record. Right. You know, and we're talking about a kid that 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 nobody wanted him. He was too skinny. Uh, and then he goes to some no-name school, Davidson, and and puts him on the map. And I think that's always been his drive to prove people wrong. Um, and I think that's a great message for uh, people in life. You know what I mean? It, you know, one person may think you're not that good. And another person may think you're amazing. And that one person can literally change your life, hmm. you know? And so, you know, you, you keep doing 
your show, man, it's, it's going to take off. It's going to be nationally known globally. And your show is going to be a show that's going to inspire people and motiv- motivate people and make the world a better place, man. I'm going to just say I knew you, man, back then, you know. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. You know, it's, a, it's something I enjoy doing like you. Uh, I think it's, it's far too easy to put out negative vibes in the world. You know, oh, you, yeah. you really got to put out positivity, especially with your family, your circle, man, because you get it back. And, uh, and I, I'm, you know, you, I, you, we haven't really talked about it, but faith plays a real big, important oh, yeah. in part of your message. So maybe talk a little bit about, about faith and how that's motivated you over these years. Yeah, man. And I think that's so true. And I'm, I think it's so true, man. Like I wake up every day, like it's, 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 it's negative stuff all around us. I mean, all around us, but it's also good things all around us. Mm-hmm. And so I choose to look at the good things, which is why it makes me be able to make everybody around me feel better. We got a little thunderstorm. Oh yeah. But, uh, and so, man, I was, when I was 17, um, I gave my life to, to Christ, man. And I started just, uh, I started preaching at that time and God kind of gave me the desire to keep playing, but to play it for a different reason. It wasn't about me. And again, I got caught up because, you know, it, you're a success and you on TV and all this stuff. And, and uh, you go through the prideful moment, but then he humbles you. And then I began to realize that, um, you know, I'm 5'8". I don't look like a normal basketball player. Um, my background wasn't the typical. And so for me, man, like I, I tell people, if I have to tell you I'm a Christian, you should be able to see it in everything that I do. So in my early years, I would always, I think I pushed more people away because I was just spiritually goofy. <laughs> and I started just kind of shutting up and just start kind of living it because it's a lot of people talk, but they, their lives their public success is their private failures. And so I try to like, just love people. And then when they see that, they go, wow, like you, you stayed a little extra to sign that kid's autograph or you, you did an extra assembly, even though like that wasn't in your contract. I think it's little things where you, you take time to talk to the janitor uh, or you, you go to a volleyball game, not because it's in your contract, but it's just because you really, you really love people. I just recently did a movie in Oklahoma called uh, uh, Love Leaders. And we they filmed me at this school and it's just who I am. And I'm going around, talk to the players. I talk to them like, like as a group and mm-hmm. I, I went to their practice and this lady comes up to me and she says, man, like she was crying. I'm like, she said, man, you like the real deal. I said, what you talking about? She said, man, you, it just flows out of you. <clears throat> I said, because I never got, excuse me, I never got into this to be famous. Hmm. I got into it because to be honest, I love people. I love people. And so I, I want to see good in people because there's good in everybody. And there's some crazy people. Don't get me wrong. But there's, you know, there's really some good people, great people in the world. So I just want to just let my light shine. And at the end of the day, people say, man, it was something different about that speaker was something different about him. Like, and obviously that's my relationship with God. So right on, man. Well, I, I appreciate you taking the time man, to come on the Edric show and, and just share your story with us, man. And so, um, um, we'll put some information in our in the description. But if people want to get a hold of you, you know, they want to connect with you, get you know, get you out to speak to their groups. Uh, how can they How can they get a hold of you, man? Well, you you can go to you can call Peggy Murky, and her number is two eight one eight five nine eight eight one zero, and her website is motivationalmessages.net. That's motivationalmessages.net. Okay. And if you just Google, can you hear me now? You'll 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 see it. So. All right, man. Well, we'll definitely put all that in the description, and so. Melvin Adams, again, continued success, man. All the best to you and, and just keep doing what you're doing. Really appreciate you coming on the Edric Show today. Well, thank you, man, for letting me be here, man. I appreciate you.
Right on. Hope we can have you on again. Um, yeah, I will. Anytime you need me, man, I'm there. You got it. All right. Okay, this man. has been an epic you, show. Man. You're welcome, man. Our guest has been Melvin Adams. Uh, we will put all this information in the description. Please hit the subscribe button. Uh, hit the bell so you can get our, our, our notifications when we come out with something new as we grow this thing from the ground up. And of course, we always promise you intelligent conversation with interesting people. I am your host, Edric Jerome. Thank you for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next episode.